Hi friends, I am so glad you are here. I'm your host, Ashley, and you are listening to the Motherhood Unfiltered Podcast. Grab your cup of coffee or your hot tea and go to your comfiest spot in your house. Or maybe that's in the car this morning as the kids sleep on the way to school. Maybe it's your empty bathtub hiding so you can have a few minutes of serenity. Whichever it is, way to take 30 minutes for yourself. You're worth it, mama. Don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast and hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to leave a rating and a review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. Also, share, share, share. It's very appreciated. And if you love Instagram the way I do, and you loved what you heard today and it inspired you, I would love to see who's listening and where. So share it. I will be having an episode every other week because like you, I am a person and I have four little people to take care of and a husband who I love to spend time with when I can. We all know life can get busy and busy is an understatement. (laughs) Let's jump into today's topic. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Motherhood Unfiltered. I'm so excited that you're going to hear from my friend Tiffany. I know I say that about every guest, but I really, truly am grateful that my very special friend decided to join me today. She inspires me and so many others with how she lives her life. She lives what she speaks, and it's so funny how we met. We actually met through Instagram, and we hit it off ever since. We stayed in touch with each other, though she lives in Texas, which is extremely far away from me. We act like we're close, and we live right next to each other. If we need advice on anything, if we want to encourage each other, and I really knew that once I restarted this new season of this podcast I really wanted her to share so I'm really grateful that she did she has two beautiful boys who she homeschools by the way flawlessly flawlessly Um, and she has a husband who she's been married to 11 years they met in college I believe they were friends before they got married but um, they're precious together and she loves God with all of her heart She serves very actively at her local Gateway Houston Church, and she loves and is passionate about spreading the gospel to so many moms and women, and I just can't wait for her to share with you guys today. So tune in and get ready to be extremely blessed. Hello. Hey. How are you? We're on. We're on. How are you doing? I'm really good. Yeah. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you're doing this. I yeah. am extremely grateful. And I know that you inspire me. And when I was, you know, when I found, like when we found each other on Instagram, I don't even know how that happened. Um, I was very intrigued with your life um, as a mom, as homeschooling. And, you know, like I, I believe I found you when I started homeschooling for like a season of my life and it was very inspiring and just how you um, are so patient with your kids and how you um, very much install your or instill, excuse me, 
your beliefs with your kids. And I know that you mentioned before that you used to teach. And so if you're comfortable, you know, like, I think you've shared that before, like how you went about homeschooling and um, what led you to homeschooling and just, you know, what you're passionate about. So what I am going to ask you to do is just kind of pray over us, if you would, and pray over our listeners, and then we can just dive right in. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. I put you on the spot. That's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Father, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you for every single person listening. Father, I just pray that you wash them with your love and your grace and your mercy, mm-hmm. that these words can minister to them and only the deepest, darkest spots in their hearts that you, Holy Spirit, know. I pray that as they listen to these words, that they're not our words, but they're your words. Yeah. And Father, I just pray that you comfort them in their seasons that they're going through and give them the strength to carry through in any difficult season that they are in. And we thank mm-hmm. you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what time is it there? I'm just, I'm interested to know these things. It's 1151. We're an hour behind you. Okay. It's not that bad. No, not at all. (laughs) I talk to so many people like everywhere that, you know, I tend to forget sometimes the weird time differences in certain places. And so I'm like, I have to, you know, make that a goal of what works for everybody. Yep. This is totally fine. All right. So go ahead and tell us about yourself. Okay. Well, I currently live in Texas, my husband and two boys. We are going on 11 years of marriage almost. And um, I homeschool, like you said, Ashley, I've been doing that for quite some time. And I was a teacher before. I love, love, love our homeschool journey. And I love the opportunity and the freedom that provides I really enjoy serving with our local church here at Gateway Houston. I live in the Houston area. That's where all the Christians are, Tiffany. Yeah. They're in Texas. They're coming out of Texas. I'm going to have to move there. It's it's in um, November here, and it's 82 degrees today. So it is a beautiful day here. A little warm. It's like 70 here. I can't complain. Oh, that's warm. Yeah, I I like it's it's like we had a 40 degree weather day and then we have 70 and then we have 80. It's it's really confusing here. But <laughs> So yeah, that's basically um what I do, kind of who I am, but today I really wanted to talk about even if and nevertheless and how that relates to our lives. So and I'm talking today as one completely unworthy of the gospel. And I'll make that completely clear that these words are for me just as much as they are for the neck. Amen, girl. Um, that's what we so, do. We keep it real here. That's, <laughs> yeah, that is what I want to completely iterate because there's oftentimes where people can look and say, man, I just, if I only had what you had. And I've heard a lot of people say that, and it's not, it's not just for me. It's through Jesus. And that's, That's the gospel. Amen. So there are a lot of times in our lives that we pray and we ask God to do something in our own life or maybe even for someone else we love. Um, We cry out to be rescued from situations that we don't want to walk through and that pain and the hurt and the abandonment and the questioning, they all start to surface. And we will give way to emotions and our comfort or we get to choose to yield our lives to God. And we will all need 
to navigate these places or discomfort at some point in our life and simply ignoring them or acting like us as believers don't have those moments, it only hurts others as they face similar times and wonder what they're doing wrong. Because I've been there, but this, like you said, is real, real life. And these moments often lead people to question God's love for them or why Mm -hmm. would he not do what's best for them. But what we often forget is that the glory and the power that will be on display through a Christian persevering through difficult times. And when God's doings don't match our wantings or our comfort, what will we choose to do? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the opportunity for believers is that when we get the opportunity to believe that the purpose is still working when the process is invisible. Like Daniel, he was brought as a captive from his homeland around his teen years and obviously not what he would call an ideal situation. He could have stopped honoring God because God was not rescuing him out of a place he didn't, quote, probably deserve to be in. He was a teenager. <laughs> but yeah. God wasn't doing something great for Daniel's comfort. Surely God wasn't concerned with doing big things through Daniel, right? Right. I feel like we often ask ourselves that question or think about it that way. And I know I have a yeah. place where our feelings quickly tell us that, we are alone. And because of the current situation or the uncertainty yeah. ahead, God could not possibly be working in my life or using my life for any kind of glory. Yeah. Come on. I mean, but, preach that, especially yeah, right now. Exactly. Right now. We live and in such a heavy, confusing time. And the Bible is relevant to us even during this time because God was going to work through Daniel as a captive. And we all know that now we know how the story ends, but Daniel chose to trust. He trusted that even though he did not know what he was going to walk through, that God could use him. He was faithful. Daniel was faithful to be the man after God and to honor where honor was to be given, even if God did not do something magnificent. Because he had no promise of that. Like It's not like God visited him and said, I will do big things through you. But Daniel was available to be used by God. He made himself available. Exactly. You know, his but faith, he, like it was, it was the submission and the obedience of Christ. He didn't worry about what necessarily it looked like. His eyes were focused on the God that was going to lead him there. Yeah. And he didn't need to see the behind the scenes of God's master powerful plan no. in order to serve God in the middle of all of the situations. I and love actually, that. Many, many years later, it was actually estimated that Daniel was in his 80s when he was given this opportunity to honor God before men by showing his honor towards him uh, before life itself. When the ancient Jewish customs for those in foreign lands or those in Jerusalem was to turn towards the temple where the temple had stood while they prayed. And that's in 1 Kings 8.44 and 1 Kings 8.46-49. through 49. But when the decree went out that no one could pray to any god beside King Darius, Daniel continued to worship God. And he carried on just like before, opening the window out towards the temple. And Daniel made a choice in the moment to let go of his life, sacrificing his life and his fame and all his power. Because remember, he was a ruler of much of the kingdom. Yeah. And this particular choice didn't happen in this exact moment, though. And that's what I think we need to remember. It was a result of his lifelong devotion. He demonstrated that all of that was not above God, all that power, that fame, what he had. And he did not take the opportunity to conform more closely to the laws given or even the social standards because he was not interested in the comfort or in his comfort or his gain. 
He chose to carry on in the manner he did before because his heart was for God and he truly and fully was for God and serving him only above himself. And man, I feel like God could and did hear Daniel's prayers, whether he was in public or private, and he could have just adjusted and kept his window shut. And with the power he had, no one would be barging into his home. So shutting the windows would have been showing others he was a good subject to King Darius. But it is always a matter of the heart. So Daniel continued on. He was caught and thrown in the lion's den because of the king's law, and God sent an angel to protect him. We know that story. But because of this, God's living power was on display that day. And King Darius wrote to all the nations and people of every language and all the earth that Daniel should prosper greatly. So God increased him in that in his heart because of his heart was for him. And King Darius decreed that the kingdom must fear and reverence the living God. And that trickle effect of Daniel's heart also benefited so many others because later on when King Cyrus ruled, he did many things to help the Jews, including instructing them to go back and build their temple. Ezra 1 talks about everything that he did too, but this came all from a captive boy. I think back and I think what area in our life are we compromising and conforming more closely to save our life? You know, it's a choice of conformity and just the smallest inch and honestly, often acceptable, just like Daniel could have shut the window. Yeah. If that did not exist, the power of God would not have been displayed. So I think we just got to go for it. (laughs) I love how you're challenging the body of Christ Oh yeah, because we live in such a very accepting culture where we want to accept the logical, like more like lean on like, well, you know, I get it. You know, we want to look at the the worldly side of things or what we can see rather than, you know, like who we worship and, and it can be acceptable like with Jesus. And I believe that like during the coronavirus, for instance, when we went into quarantine, I really felt an urgency to get really, to get back into the simplicity of just going back to Jesus, the basic gospel, and really leaning on the saving graces of Him. And I feel like now we're coming into a time where the body of Christ really needs to stand up in their face. And I really, really love how you said about His heart, and because it is about the heart. And I was actually reading, uh, I was reading this morning in my Bible time and it was about the heart. And cause I had wrote a quote like a few weeks ago and I was just really kind of diving into how that resonates um, with people and within the word of God. And I was reading in Proverbs three, five, six. And as soon as you said that, uh, it made me think of this trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, all of your ways, acknowledge yeah. him and he will make straight your paths. I just love that. And I really feel um, that you're really like challenging believers and to be like, hey, we got to we got to be like Daniel. And I just love that. I love that. But let's talk about him for a minute, because we were talking about like the pressure that he must have felt. Or the heaviness that he must have felt in his position. You know, like, it's very real. Right. And the emotion is there because he's human. But that's where we have to let that go. Because 
that is not what we live for. And our emotions can often become the masters of our choices. And that's not where we need to align. Mm, our that's decisions. so good. Yeah. And, and I really feel like we should lean on that because, you know, heaviness and emotions are very real especially in a time like this where people are struggling with anxiety and depression more than ever before. And we want to, sometimes I feel like we can tell people, Hey, we need to have faith. And this is what the word says, but people get so caught up in the fear or the heaviness of what's going on that they don't know the way out. They can't see the way out. And we have to give them tools to like this morning, I just turned on worship music Mm -hmm. And so we have to give them tools to redirect their faith and submit their emotions unto God. Absolutely. Um, and so I want to talk, like, I really want to dive into that. And I always think about the people in the Bible and I always wonder, like, what kind of pressure must he have been under? You know, scene of pressure that we can look at Jesus because Jesus came and flipped everything people knew and understood upside down Amen. in our <laughs> Our thinking is not the way he rules the kingdom. And Jesus was in Come on. sorrow. And he was very troubled when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And he took his feelings before God. And that's what I think we need to understand is if you look right in the Bible, it says that he is telling God his feelings. He is in prayer with God about this. He's and grieving. Jesus, He's crying. He, he wept. Like if. Yeah. And if he takes all these concerns before the father, we should be too. We Listen should be taking to. our troubles and yep. feelings and telling God. And in the midst of the hurt, Jesus says, please allow me. Jesus, the son of God says, please allow me not to have to go through this. But nevertheless, if it's your will, I submit. He yields. He will do it. Jesus knew what had to be done. And he even knew the outcome of what would happen. But Sometimes he still felt know. it. Yep. But death and suffering was for him, and that did not keep him from feeling emotions Amen. and being put in a place of a choice. And he chose us above his feelings, and even if God did not deliver him from the suffering he was about to do, he did. And in our troubled moments in life, do we share our feelings with God? Do we align our circumstances with the word? Jesus had to die and sacrifice his life for others. This was the plan. But do I feel like we just need to tell Christ how we feel, let our requests be made known to him, but end with nevertheless, because this yield of self, because of Jesus yielding himself, we have been offered an opportunity to spend eternity with God in heaven now. And that's the blessing of all of it. Amen. And I love that. It's really one of my messages and it's something that really uh, gave me freedom to feel because I uh, grew up or I, I didn't grow up Christian, but for me personally, when I got active in the uh, church, my perception of faith was very unbiblical. It was wrong. And I've talked about this before with another friend of mine. And it was, I didn't acknowledge the way that I felt. So for me, it was like, I, it was wrong to feel that way. I shouldn't feel that way. I should have joy. I should have peace. I shouldn't feel heavy. I know the faith. I know who Jesus is. I know what the word says. But the reality is, is I was still feeling that way and denying the way that I felt was not helping me. It was not drawing me closer to God. If anything, I was somehow trying to manipulate 
a situation where God was just asking me to come as I was, to acknowledge the way that I felt, and to be honest with my feelings and give it to Him. And that's where I found true freedom. So really with that, like, when you, when you say that what resonates with me and Jesus wept, like Jesus, like in the, you know, the garden, like he, and he, when he was praying before they took him to die, like he was like, take this burden from me. And I feel like we need to get down on our knees, even though he knew what his destiny was. He knew what the will of God was. He knew what his father asked of him, even though he knew he felt and he, you know, like his emotions were real. And I feel like when we're feeling heavy and when we're feeling anxious, we do need to take those things to God. We do need to acknowledge them. We do need to own them, not identify with them, but own them and be like, okay, ultimately I want to do what you want me to do. I need you, God. This is how I'm feeling. This is the fear I'm struggling with. Here I am just as I am down on my knees and I can't take the burden, take the burden for me. And I feel like that really needs to be acknowledged. Like, yes, it's okay not to feel okay. It's not okay to stay in it. Right. And, and it's, it's get down on your knees, cry, acknowledge the way you feel, be real and be honest about it, but then go back into the word, right? Mm -hmm. Go back into what God says and what his will is for you and that he's with you and that you know, like his power, it says in second Corinthians 12, nine, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Mm -hmm. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. And I feel like the obedience, Tiffany is in the weakness. I feel like the obedience is in the down on your knees, crying, feeling, giving it over to God so you can truly rely on his strength. Because if you sit there and you're like, oh, I know the word and I know the truth and, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give powers what they say. I'm not going to give power to these feelings. If you don't give them over to Christ, Christ truly can't work within you because then you're not, you're not relying on his strength. You're still relying on your own. Mm-hmm. You're relying on your own understanding. And so that's the I feel like that's really powerful and I'm so grateful that you shared that um, with, I know that's what it resonated with me when you spoke about it. And so I'm really honored. You're very bold. You're challenging us as believers and sisters in Christ to really step up. And uh, my question to you is how would you, with our kids growing up and not really knowing what's going to happen, not really knowing what's going on in the future, Um, And this really powerful message, when it comes to our families, how would we apply that? Like, how would we apply that and send that message over to our kids? Because, you know, I'm a very, I'm a mom that very much is, my kids feel a certain way. Like my oldest did not want to go back to school. He, you know, the kids are feeling this too. Mm -hmm. And so how do we send that message and that, in a way that we can express that and example that to our families? Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is that you, first of all, understand that your children might have a different difference in opinion. And I realized that, that I have two boys and they're from the same two people, but yet they're two completely different. 
girl, I got four kids. Yeah. They're all different. All different. So to know that no matter what we're doing and how we're parenting, the outcome with all four of them of yours, with both of mine are going to be different in the sense of how they process it and how they take it. But what we can do is give them the space to be able to talk to you about that, to be able to say, how are you feeling? And when those feelings come up, be like, yeah, you shouldn't feel that way. That's not what we do. But we do tell them, look, this is what the word of God says. And that reminds me of a story in the Bible. And if you don't know, literally Google search and just type (laughs) in what they're feeling. And Google is so amazing that they will pop up different stories to you and be like, you know what? I don't know a story in the Bible, but I'm sure there's something. I know that there's something in the Bible. So let me, let me look and then I'll get back to you tomorrow. And then pray with them at night, pray with them about their feelings and what they're going through, but then turn to the word and say, look, I found something and read it together and ask them, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times we forget that our believer children have the same Holy Spirit working in them as we do as adults. And it's so beautiful to let, to read to them a story from the word or read God's words over them and ask them what the Holy Spirit is saying to them and just listening to them because it's, it's something that you will get a lot out of their perspective. And then you'll also understand the heart of what the father is trying to do in their lives and giving them the opportunity to say, Hey, mom's not trying to push something on me. She's literally setting the table of God's goodness and grace in front of me. And I get to either partake or throw it on the ta- on the floor. Yeah. And we can't, we can't shovel it in, but we can set the table for them. So I think that's what we, we do here at the house. Like, especially since we homeschool, we're here all day. It's life is the whole day is about learning and loving the Lord and those moments. And you make it look so flawless. Oh no, that is why I came on here and said, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it. Yeah. I like, I'm very honest about my life and about my feelings and my struggles because I want people to know ultimately they're not alone and that our strength comes from Christ. Right. And it's in those moments that I have found that you completely fail, that Christ's love is on display so much greater. When we can go to our children and say, I screwed yes, up. Really I screwed up. Right I'm there. sorry. Yeah. yeah. And we are, we are apologetic. We, I apologize almost every day, especially yeah. during quarantine. I was like, yeah, mom yelled again. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, but that's the beauty of family. And I, I believe it's very important to apologize to our kids and be honest with them. So they know, you know, the expectation shouldn't be in us. We shouldn't lead them to us, but to God, we should teach them how to rely and hear the Holy spirit. That's our job. And so, and give them the tools. Like it's not our words. It's the Bible. That is our truth. And I grew up with an amazing father that knows and loves and serves God with all of his heart more than anyone else I know. But my faith was in my dad's relationship with the Lord. And I often went to him almost like a priest, you know, like I need to go to you to get closer to God. And it wasn't on purpose. It was just, I saw the fruit of his life. And so I just want my children to, to see the fruit of my life, but know that the source and everything I have can be obtained they can obtain too. It's just in the word of God and through the Holy Spirit. Well, this has been great. I'm so glad you did this. Um, well, thanks for any- having me. Is there anything else with your challenge? Because <laughs> it's challenged all of us as believers during this time, which is great. 
Um, we always, we never stop growing, but is there anything overall you would like um, our listeners to take? Yeah. Maybe one you? last thing. If God doesn't answer your heart's cry or prayer, it doesn't mean that you are less loved or your life isn't purposeful because every season and circumstance is valuable and used as an opportunity to display God's power. And remember Romans eight twenty eight. if that has to be your mantra, God works all things for the good of those who love him, even though we yes. can't see it, even though we don't know, we choose, we choose God, no matter what, we no choose matter what God. motivation is. Yeah. Yeah. And I really find that encouraging because there's a lot of young women that I've talked to that uh, they think that it should look a certain way and they don't know what to do with the pain of their situation. Um, and it's hard to trust God in those times. And so I really appreciate you and being in, an encouragement and being honest. It's all in Jesus and we can't look at what something should look like, but we just need to trust in the process and in the savior. I really appreciate you, Tiffany. And I'm just saying, I'm looking for a co-host girl. So well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. All right. Well, I will talk to you later. I love you and give your family love from me. I love seeing them on your um, Instagram stories. Maybe one day I'll come visit Texas and we can hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Pool day. Oh yeah. I would love that. I'll bring (laughs) my kids. We'll just have fun chasing children around. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Tiffany is a absolute beautiful soul who is passionate about Jesus and she really implements that in her homeschool lifestyle. And I'm honored that she shares a lot of it through social media where we met. And honestly, she has resources. One of the resources I actually have for when I homeschooled and did virtual learning is these Bible verses that she created for every day and these prayer requests. You can find her stuff, Tiffany Sullivan, on payteachers.com or reach out to her on Instagram. And I'm telling you, my kids love to memorize those verses. And I feel it's really important that we guide them to that. She has so much wisdom and insight in how to really put God first and walk in faith. And I pray that you are encouraged today. If you were encouraged, I'm going to challenge you that if you haven't yet, subscribe to our channel and leave a review so we can get this in front of more eyes and encourage each other and empower each other as women and moms. And you know what? If you're on social media like me, take a picture of you wherever you are or you listen to the podcast, tag me in it, use the hashtag motherhood unfiltered and let's keep this going. Thank you for listening to motherhood unfiltered. I'll see you next week.